You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. This podcast is such a fun one. It is a meandering podcast. We started very shortly after we got on the call. And what we're talking about is high intent and low intent on Pinterest. And I'm talking with Barry Hot, H-O-T-T, which I like to say. I came across a thread on LinkedIn from a product manager at Pinterest. And someone tagged Barry in this post and he linked to a recent YouTube video. I watched the video, which we'll talk about that. And we will also link to it in the show notes about how to advertise and think about the platforms in 2023. Got a little nosy, went down the road of internet stalking, and I realized I wanted to hear more of Barry's story, not just because I am a fellow agency owner. Well, he doesn't own an agency. He's more of a consultant, but I don't know that world. And what I've realized is that if I can just hear people's stories, if I can hear what it is they do and how they talk about things, then I learn and I get better, do better. And I really wanted to understand how he saw Pinterest as a media buyer. And I'm going to be fully honest with you. There is some times where we go deep into like a little bit of maybe Pinterest isn't the place, but we also talk about maybe Pinterest is the place. So yeah, it's just a lot of fun conversation and we really geek out on some big lofty ideas and then some granular ideas too as well. But before we dive into that podcast, I just want to let you know, we have launched a new workshop. This is a pre-recorded workshop that we've been working on for our Teachers Pay Teachers sellers. And what it includes is the teaching from Amy, who's on our team, who specializes in TPT. She understands that world. And we're doing a four-part workshop. Um, It's basically pre-recorded videos. And then we're going to be hosting a live Q&A in May. So yes, it's March. The Q&A is in May. Um, for people who bought that workshop to give you time to work through it and really level up your teachers pay teacher strategy, especially going into the back half of this year. So if you want more information on that, go to simplepinmedia.com slash TPT workshop, all one world on one word. And that'll be down below in your players too, as well. So you can link to that there. Okay. Buckle up. This is a great podcast. You're going to want to go for a walk, go for a drive. We did go almost the full hour, which is probably the longest podcast I've had before, but such a delight. And it was so great to get to know uh, Barry and his story. So with that, let's dive in. Hey, Barry, thanks for coming on the Simple Pin Podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this is kind of crazy because, you know, normally we chat a lot before I start an interview, but we already started (laughs) chatting and we're like, oh my gosh, we got to hit record. (laughs) So I know, right. Okay. So um, I'll frame up kind of a short story and then you kind of lead in from there. So I'll say I was a creeper on a Pinterest post that somebody had put on LinkedIn And she was asking for, you know, feedback on their product for their ads. And somebody tagged you. You posted a YouTube video. Very smart of you, by the way. And then I got to know a little bit more about you with this YouTube video. And you said the phrase high intent, low intent about Pinterest, which 
we have been trying to say that for years, but people just ignore Pinterest. So hence sent you a DM. It went to the other folder. It was really weird. But here you are. You're on the podcast. I don't know you, but I'm getting to know your story. So tell us about you. What do you do? And what are you passionate about in your daily work? Sure. So I'm a consultant now, which what does that mean? I, I don't really know. Um, I do a lot of things for a lot of different people. I'm still figuring that that out. I've been doing this for like a year now um, because my background has been doing social ads for as long as they've been a thing. Like I started doing Facebook ads in 2008 when they were in the right column only. So yeah, I've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on uh, social media, mostly on Facebook, let's be honest. Um, but I was also an early advertiser, like doing beta advertising for Pinterest, for uh, Snapchat, for TikTok, like Pinterest specifically before there was even like an ads manager buying tool. We had to do it through the API. So like, I remember those early days. And fun fact, I was actually just, I just did, a, I mean, I'm pro- on, under NDA, but so I can't talk about it, but I just did like a Pinterest like platform study from the perspective of a media buyer. Wow. Um, okay. For them. Yeah. So I, I, I have a um, new NDA. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> There's not much I can say. I mean, really, anyway, That's true. yeah, uh, you know, but I, all I did was basically tell them, you know, Hey, this is what sucks about buying ads on, on Pinterest. Um, but yeah, so I, like I've gotten to work on massive mega brands like AT&T, Toyota, Kraft, uh, in my past and more recently been focused on more direct to consumer aggressive growth, uh, conversion-focused stuff, startups like uh, Hubble, Keeps, Lumen Skin, um, Athletic Greens, Mirror. Like I've gotten to work on a lot of these names. Uh, most recently, I was working on Harry's uh, Razors. So it's hard to say exactly what I do, do these days. I do a lot of media buying and help. I help brands and agencies with that. Um, and I help do creative and landing pages. And I kind of connect people to the right things. And the last thing I'll say, uh, I advise for a creative agency called AdCrate. Uh, it's adcrate.co, a CO. Um, and we do performance creative, mostly for like Facebook and TikTok. Um, and it's on a performance model. Um, so we're crushing uh, performance ads and the like modern creative. So fascinating. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack in there. But lot. with... I would say like, if I was to ask you who has this vantage point of a lot of different things, what is your favorite part about leaning into all this? Is it creatives? Is it the technical parts of the ads? Like, what do you love about the, what do you love the most about the process? Wow. Um, you know, this, the, the thing I love most now is that like, it's the thing I'm just good at. <laughs> like, it's just the thing that it comes naturally to me. And I've gotten to be at this level that nobody should ever understand some of the, like the technical setups and principles and understandings of like overlap and attribution and all these things that are like, I know so well. Um, And then, so I, part of me just enjoys that now. Like I just, that's why I do the consulting now is because it allows me to like be more involved in the, the thought and the um, expertise of it. So I really am enjoying that now, but it's always been about problem solving for me, really. Like that's the core, I would say the core of it is like just finding the bigger solutions to the bigger problems constantly. And then when you realize whatever all of this is, is like, it's, you know, getting the right ads in front of the right people 
getting them to pay attention and getting them to then with that attention, take the desired valuable action. And I'm saying it in that way because it's applicable in so many ways. It's not just like get someone to buy, right? It's it's get someone to take the action that you want because it's not always getting them to buy. Um, I have to ha- I have to pause. There's one note I forgot to mention. I always forget to mention this in my intros is that I, I'm also uh, I helped launch Lone River Ranch Water, which is a hard seltzer. I was actually going to ask about that because I saw it on your I think you tagged it on your Instagram profile. So you launched it or you're like a partner, right? Or um, I wouldn't say I launched it, but I, I was uh, brought in to do the the paid social uh, ahead of the product launching. Um, so I'm friends with uh, the the founders and like I did it for equity as a side job. Um, and then yeah, after a year we got acquired. So that was, that was a great uh, opportunity for me to be able to like, and that wasn't, that wasn't D to C. So that's what I was saying a second ago is like taking um, the experience and making people take the action that you want. Not, it's not just about like directly selling it. We couldn't, attribute sales directly to our ads because it was in store. Um, so it was about getting people to take the action that we wanted and having our ads optimizing for that. Um, so, yeah. That's very cool. Okay. So moving to Pinterest. So you just said a minute ago, which I love that you were honest about that, that it's really, you know, buying ads on Pinterest is like pushing a boulder uphill. Like it's it's this hard thing. One, it's hard to sell people into, hey, you're not really going to see a return for, you know, well, one, you're not going to even know your ad is working for two weeks. And then, <laughs> you know, after that, it's like you're going to have to gamble for the next four. And then you're going to have to figure this out. Whereas, as you know, on Facebook, you can figure out if an ad is working really quickly, right? Like you don't have to wait two weeks. So I guess if you... You know, there's people, you know, who listen, who have pretty small ad budgets or they're bootstrapping their business, right? So every dollar feels like this is such a risk and I don't want to hand it over. Um, I guess like, and so there's a little bit of two parts in that. One, what would you say to somebody who is struggling with that, that kind of handing it over and you would say like, yeah, if you're in this space, Pinterest is a slam dunk. But if you're in these like fringe spaces, Maybe don't risk it. I don't, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? So, uh, to the this is a great question, and that's just part of why I like that video that I posted that you're referring to, um, which is on my YouTube. Why I kind of made that in the first place, actually, like that was a, an organization actually that kind of contracted me to make that, and then I kind of remade it into something else to put on YouTube because they had a lot of people that were asking that question, like, how do we know what to use these platforms for if we're not really if we're like small, small business owners, and we don't know where to start, and we can't do all of them. Um, it's it's really like hard to decide, do you just go after the thing everyone tells you to do, which is probably Facebook, or the thing that's most relevant to your business, which is maybe LinkedIn, if you're B2B, maybe Pinterest, if you're, you know, more of a visual product, or you know, there's a lot of reasons why you'd use Pinterest. Um, so it, it was to help with that. And, you know, I, I do think for a lot of businesses that Facebook is the right solution because there's so many types of people on there. And when you advertise, you know, on Facebook, it's really meta. And when you say meta, it means Facebook ads, Instagram, Messenger, like there's a lot of platforms involved. So, and there's a lot of people on there. So it, that itself, that volume is, is almost like a cheat code. But in terms of Pinterest, 
it's such a different beast. And it's un- almost unfortunate that like they're considered social, like they're both considered social media because it's such, it's just a completely different platform with different use and different users. I mean, even if the same people are on both, which I think is, is true. Like, well, I would imagine most Pinterest users are also on a Facebook uh, or Instagram, right? They're mostly, I, I can't imagine that being a very small overlap. Um, but you know, it's Pinterest is is like really useful for when it's again. Uh, sorry, I'm starting here. I hope you can cut no, this no, out. If you no, can. yeah, yeah, you're totally out. fine. Um, but the the thing about Pinterest is, and I talked about in that video, is there's there's both a high intent and a low intent use for it, right? In that people that are searching for certain things, if you can be there on Pinterest from both an organic perspective and a paid perspective, that's massive. It's very similar. It's much more similar to Google search or search ads than it is to paid social or Facebook ads. Um, that's really important context um, is one. And the other is that there's the low intent aspect as well, which works like Facebook, which is that you can put ads on there and people might not be looking for your product at all, but they they might see it and fall in love with it regardless. Because even if a human, even if a human, I like referring to consumers <laughs> as humans. Yes, yes. Even if a human is on Pinterest searching intentionally for dresses, right? And then they happen to see an ad for a really cool water bottle. That doesn't mean that they can't or won't buy that water bottle. It just means they weren't in that mode, but they as a human still might be excited to see that water bottle. And that's, so that's a low, they might've had high intent for a dress, no intent for a water bottle, but that ad is now there and they see it and they're interested and they're curious and they click and they go by. It's a, that's similar to Facebook where people are on there to like not to buy stuff or shop. They don't have intent. So that's very, it's, it's so unique in that Pinterest really is both and it can can have both, and it creates this weird. Um, I think it creates this weird data problem where it's hard to really understand on when you're advertising on Pinterest or doing organic on there how much of it is catching people who already have that intent versus catching people who have never thought of this ever ever before. Yeah, I fully agree with that because it's like you can't, you know, on Google you can drill down to like did they search this term? Where did they come from? Where did they land? And it's kind of this ambiguous thing with Pinterest like, well, I don't know if they found me in their smart feed, I don't know if they found me in their search feed, or I don't know if they found me, you know, looking through the black hole of more like this and it just came across. And so I think that does make it difficult because you can't double down on, okay, the X led to Y, you know, or whatever. So I'm going to do more of this. It's kind of like you feel like you're throwing spaghetti against a wall. Like, well, let's kind of hope that somebody's interested, right? And that, you know, whereas you don't have that on Facebook, which I guess this leads me to that other question is, a lot of people will come to us with what you just said. Like Facebook is this easy, you said cheat code, which I like. I love that. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so then they come to Pinterest expecting it to be easy yeah. like that or similar. Right. And they're just like, this is so frustrating. So if you were advising a client and they're like, hey, we've been crushing it on Meta. We want to move to Pinterest. What would you tell them? Like, how would you like, I guess, cue them up to say, let's get ready for the runway because this is what it's going to look like. Wow. 
It's a great question. It, to me, the first thing I'd be thinking about and concerned about is the what are the products? What is the catalog? So if you have a visually appealing product, forget about the ad for a second, just the product alone or, or a visually unambiguous product or a product that is visually like creates curiosity, that alone can do well on Pinterest just because it's you can just show the product, which I, I think is often, and you should correct me, but like I think that is what works well inherently on Pinterest is kind of just highlighting the product. There are other things like I, you know, I'm sure like text heavy other things can work on there and video can work on there too. But like my expectation would be that those like bigger catalog, more product heavy um, businesses would be able to do better there. And then like a service might not like a cerebral where they, if that's a former client of mine, they sell like, um, you know, th- like a therapy and, and um, medication uh, uh, for. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, met, like the, they sell like mental health services, right? Like that would, I wouldn't expect that to like inherently do well from a Facebook ad to just copy over. In fact, I wouldn't really expect any Facebook ad to copy over well from Facebook or Instagram to Pinterest. Um, it's just, it's just a different beast with different users expecting different things. And that's the barrier. That's the problem is people think that they can just cop- copy and paste and expect to see success. And when they don't, they kind of just give up and be like, Oh, this is too hard. This is too annoying. Yes. So yes, that is like I'm the majority of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. So you're kind of like prepared, which I think is, you know, a lot of people, what we see in a lot of analytics, obviously, is we see powerful traffic coming organically. And you know, I think you said that earlier, like if you're leveraging organic and paid, that's the sweet spot on Pinterest because you already know all this data from the organic users of what they're clicking on, what they like. And you know, to your point about the the ad, it's like Pinterest is only visual. Like people don't read, right? Whereas on Instagram or Facebook, they're primed to read that copy. You could put like, hi, how are you in a Pinterest ad? And I doubt people would actually even see it, right? Because they're just looking at the image to see if they connect with it. Now, here's an interesting question that I have for you. Um, Because I think it's important, but you know, I'm definitely in my own world and kind of... (laughs) I'm very much aware that I'm like pro Pinterest, but when it comes to this kind of user, not user habit, but uh, yeah, it's a user habit on Pinterest where people can save something, right? And they can save an ad for later. And often that's like their most, their high habit on Pinterest is they gather a bunch of things and they save it all. And then they go back six months later and make a decision, right? How does a save play a role for you? Like if you are buying ads on Pinterest and it is for, you know, that dress company, let's say that, are are you looking at like, I want to see how many people are saving it. Even if we turn off the ad later, I know that that lives there on that person's board and they might buy six months later. I mean, I love thinking about these things because these are untrackable, like untrackable in terms of the sale uh, in the typical attribution setting windows. And I do find it to be valuable. Um, The problem is it's, it's, the problem is it's hard to comp like a save because you can save ads on Instagram and Facebook, but like that metric is not nearly as useful. And the main reason being that nobody goes back to them. 
<laughs> no, like well, probably some tiny, I bet it's less than 2% or less than It's the other B2B is trying to swipe whatever mm-hmm. they did with the ad. That's who's yeah. saving it, right? <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's really funny. No, I do save stuff all the time. And it's very rare that I go back to them. Whereas on Pinterest, you know, you save something and then you're the, a lot of the times that like the thing that you saved is kind of front and center in your own boards, which you might be looking at. Um, and also other people might be looking at. It, so it has that extra viral aspect to it as well. Um, but in terms of like click attributable attribution, Pinterest has been painful. Um, I'm sure you've had to deal with this, both in terms of in Pinterest platform and doing external tracking using using whatever external tracking you want. Like it's painful. It's it's just not there. And this is this is the real big problem I've always had with Pinterest. Uh, advertising. And that's why, I mean, I'm not advertising on Pinterest currently is because I don't have any clients that have found it to be a good fit for them or been able to prove or justify the value in it. And that's the that's what you're up against. And bravo to you and for you for being able to find brands, clients that do believe in that power, because it's more, I find this to be more philosophical um, I have always felt that for the brands that I've worked with where it's appropriate, that advertising on Pinterest is absolutely worth it, but absolutely untrackable in terms of di- like directly attractable attributed value that could ever add up to what you'd be investing. Like I can't, but I also, and the problem then is like, I can't, say like how much you should spend. Should it be $10,000 a month, $100,000 a month, a million dollars a month? Um, but I, I've i always felt like I've seen improvement and I can't say that I've done an a, a incremental lift test in a long time, so I can't prove it. Um, but I would encourage if there is a way to do that, I would definitely try and do some incremental lift tests. Um, but even that is hard because there's overlap with other platforms. There's overlap with your Pinterest efforts within your Pinterest efforts, right? Like what you might advertise and have someone see an ad from this, you know, ad group or this campaign and then later get another one. And it doesn't even matter because they might not be ready to buy for until the holidays. Right. right? Like yeah. your ad might have left an impact on them. And that's the big problem with advertising overall. Like we're all so short-sighted. We're also focused on getting the conversion today, getting the conversion right now so we can track it and attributing that. And I'm a, a part of that problem. I love that. Um, I'm one of those people who like, I want as much like one day click conversion data as I can. Sorry if this is too in the weeds. For no, this podcast, I love it. It's audience. fascinating to me. Um, Keep going. All right, sure. But like, I lo- I'm passionate about like for a lot of the accounts I work on, I want to be using one day click for for Facebook, one day click purchase optimized campaigns and ad sets because I want to get as many as much data as I can from the ads that can drive as much of that action as it can today. But I know that those ads are doing more than just one day click, one day click purchases. And but do my clients care about that a little? They look at the attribution, you know, whatever attribution system or model they have to track that. But 
you know, so many of, of these ads are going to people who have seen your ads before. So many of the ads are going to people who have seen and it's been to your site before, even if you exclude them, like there's so much you can do to like ex- control for, try and control for things, but it's not perfect. Um, and you can't tell if someone's been exposed to an ad on another platform or maybe someone's seen an ad on Facebook six times already. Maybe they've never clicked until now. Like you can't perfectly exclude for all, all of those kinds of things or Pinterest. It's the same problem. And especially a bigger problem when you're on two, three, four, five or more platforms, uh, it's all becomes, you know, more and more difficult. And then to like really make it more annoying, um, the systems get lazy because these are machine learning systems. So all they do is optimize to getting a conversion after a an impression or a click, depending on how you're optimizing. And the system doesn't care if that's incremental system doesn't care if that purchase was going to happen or not. The system only cares whether or not someone purchased after clicking or viewing and then can learn how to find more of those people more. And if that means going after already exposed audiences more, (laughs) then it's just going to keep doing that. And Facebook is very guilty of this, but so is Pinterest. Um, When Pinterest has the opportunity to, if it can count a conversion that you know was mostly driven by Facebook, let's say, it'll go after the, that user who's been to the site already. It'll go after that user who's already you know paid attention to to the stuff. So none of these are you know attribution. Sorry, fixing my chair. None of these attribution uh, systems. None of these platforms are telling the truth, even though people like find a source of truth in in their attribution tools that they use. None of them are right because they're all missing. A, they're missing a lot of overlap and cross device. And B, they aren't able to really accurately attribute to the value of a powerful impression, which didn't get a click. And that, you know, that's a huge puzzle piece that I think Pinterest tries to account for by like having those like 30 day, 60 day, or it doesn't go to 90 day, um, like, uh, attribution you can track, which is insanity, right? Like I, anyone I know laughs at that, the fact that that exists and anyone would look at that. We laugh at that, but also, you know, if it, if it could be accurate, that would be cool, but it's just, it can't because it's just taking credit for too many things that it didn't cause. So it's a it's this real double edged sword. Sorry, I geeked out to uh, no. On this. I, I just am so passionate I lo- about this. Well, and that's part of the reason I asked you for an interview was because <laughs> I think you know, like I did say this before we hit record, but it's like I don't know what I don't know, and I know there's people listening who feel the same way. So even just the fact that we can get ourselves into these weeds of conversion, conversion, conversion. But sometimes what we don't know is we don't know about the person who maybe saw the ad and then send a text to a friend to say like, it's kind of like podcast analytics are literally the absolute worst. They're horrible, right? Like you can't tell. And so what you have to go on is did somebody find this valuable and share it? And you can never, ever track it, right? But that's how people end up growing kind of word of mouth over time. And you see this impact. But it's like, I think when you said that part about ads, like we're so driven by this conversion that that's a robot, right? 
and we forget about the human element. Like, how do you balance those two of saying there's a human? And I love that you say instead of consumer, there's a human looking <laughs> I at love my saying ad. Human, yeah, yeah, because it reminds people that like, oh yeah, they're not just we're not just all marketing bots. They're not just ones like. They're humans. They have the thoughts and feelings and emotions, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. and that makes you a better person to help create ads because, you know, you're thinking about those emotions. That's an yeah. assumption. I'm assuming you are. That, but is, I, that is yeah, how I make my money. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're thinking about like, what are they reacting to? What do they see in there? What are they? And I think what's a great takeaway for me as somebody who. It's definitely a small business is definitely, you know, not as big as these huge ones that have millions of dollars to spend on ads. But I can remember that. And whatever my ad budget is, whether it's big or small, I can go, who is the person on the other end? What do they want that's going to help serve them, give them value and help them say yes to this? even though they might not know if it's worth it. They're kind of like, well, this is new. I'm going to take a risk. So you're both taking a risk. I'm taking a risk putting money behind an ad that I hope you like, right? But it's it's definitely keeping that perspective, whether you're spending $5 a day or a million, you know? So to that point, because like, I, I love that. I love what you're saying. And the whole, the whole thing here is, and what maybe is making you good at this, and I think what makes me good at any of this is focusing on that human aspect, that whole experience from beginning to end. That's what really matters. Um, is like, does this ad immediately get a, the right attention from the right people? That alone, just putting through that lens, forget about any other things, like just really trying to understand what do people expect to see? What do people want to see when they're, when they're being served your ad? Because if it isn't what you're giving them, then you're creating a problem. Maybe, maybe you're creating a, you know, maybe that's a good thing. You know, if you can really surprise someone and it's totally different, but usually at this point, because consumers, I'll say consumers here, uh, they are used to seeing ads. They know that marketers want to show them stuff. So they know the things that don't look organic or native. They, they understand that and they have these, everyone, we have subconscious ad blockers built in to our brains that as soon as they, the first couple pixels are entering their, our brains, our eyes, like we know this is probably an ad or this is probably not. And we have a filter for that because we don't want to waste our time or attention on things that we don't want. Mm-hmm. So totally. that is... Yeah, that's a huge problem. Well, and I think about when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, obviously, we just had the Super Bowl. And what's the one place that everybody tunes in to like, actually embrace the ad to pick up the ad to go and I was joking about that. I don't know if you to be ad or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, oh, great. It. that yeah. was fantastic. We all looked yeah, around the room. Great. And we're like, who has the remote? Yes. Like, who's sitting on it? Right. 100%. And I'm like, how clever is that? Because you never mm-hmm. knew you didn't even think it was an ad in the first three seconds. And yeah. you were prepared for ads, right? Right. Like, yeah. how crazy is that? But I think well, that's the thing is that you're prepared for ads, mm-hmm. and you're also watching premium content when you're watching TV. So the the difference in this type and style of content that can and should exist in that place versus can and should exist in Pinterest versus can and should exist on TikTok or or uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Those are all vary because of what you're expecting to see. And that example you just used is actually the perfect example of like, you were expecting to see 
football analysts and they happened to actually use the real commentators, <laughs> yeah. even had they used fake commentators that that still would have landed. Um, but the fact that they used the real, you know, guys, that was incredible. And that was what it, exactly what you were expecting to see. So yeah, it got your attention and then it did something with that attention. It yeah. that was very successful for yeah. that exact reason. Uh, it's, you know, and I think I just, you know, this whole discussion, well, has been so enlightening. So one, thank you for that. I really appreciate your wisdom and your history with all of this. But I think, um, two, it's just this thing of how do you get, you know, what we started with of getting back to this place where you really understand the human that you're connecting with and you understand when they're in high intent and you understand when they're in low intent and you try to connect with them. And I think, you know, for us, it has focused more on organic. We definitely have more organic clients than we do paid ads clients because of the hurdles that we've talked about today. So I guess what I would ask you as we're wrapping this up is, what would you tell a small business owner who is, let's say they're like five years in, they sell a direct-to-consumer product. Let's say they're in the beauty um, space. They're saying selling like view, vegan beauty products, right? For women or men too. Um, I guess what would you tell them as they've been grinding it out, right? Like they're creating the product, they're shipping the product, they're doing all these things and any type of ad spend feels scary and risky. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, first of all, it is scary and risky. Um, the The best gift I think I give to my clients who like pay me thousands of dollars to say this, um, I have to tell them that the data is imperfect and that yes, we can when we're doing certain things well, track things that are directly attributable one-to-one. And that's awesome. But that doesn't mean that should be the only thing that we do. And in fact, the more that we focus on the things that are just simple and easy to directly attribute, uh, often the less that we can scale the overall business and bring in net new consumers, humans, right? So... Um, I, I do think that you need to look at other data points that can suggest high intent or intent generation. And going back to what you were talking about, about saving ads, that, you know, I can't say, and I don't know if anyone could really well say that that is like directly correlated to sales, right? But you know, it does, it is a, an intense signal. So if you can find those intense signals, whether that means people that were coming, going from your ads to add to cart, maybe that's enough intent to, to say, to show something useful. Maybe not. I mean, it's usually not, but just monitoring those secondary metrics um, and tertiary metrics, those extra, extra metrics to understand that people are doing more. And if you can, do a holdout. Like if you can turn off all your other ads for a week or a month, you know, and try to get an understanding of, hey, we spent more here on this period on Pinterest. What happened both immediately and over time? It's hmm. no one's yeah. going to do that, really. Like who's going <laughs> to yeah. have the time or energy or totally. clean data to really do that? Um, but like if you needed to or wanted to, that would be a way you could do that. And you know, a, a good portion of advertising is having some like faith, some belief in what you're doing, but that 
can be bad and, and hurt you if you're not making the stuff that people want to see. Um, so, you know, especially with Pinterest and some of these platforms, there is a viral, um, you know, social aspect to them. I wouldn't, ex- I'm not saying anyone should expect to go viral. Don't right. expect to go viral, <laughs> especially yeah. not on Pinterest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there is that virality. There is that exactly what you said, that offline activity, that untrackable activity, that dark social, you know, my, you know, my wife will send something that she found, let's say on Pinterest, she'll send it to someone else who's going to buy it for us as a present. Um, and like, that's really impossible to track and probably is getting attributed to some other platform because let's say if I have a minute here, like let's say my wife finds that on Pinterest, sends the link to the product to my mom, my mom clicks on it, doesn't buy it immediately, but now my mom's getting ads for that product because they're, that's what the system Facebook's going to do. Now my mom either sees or clicks on it and then buys it within whatever days from then. And that's what, you know, the attribution system is saying did the best. That's what Facebook system is saying did the best is whatever that ad was. So, you know, if you can try and talk to your customers, that would also be really helpful, especially I would imagine with, with Pinterest, the more you're doing it is like, try to find someone who did say that Pinterest is what brought them here and, and try to understand from them what that was. Um, Try and talk to your other customers and see like what what their actual route was, especially if you have in whatever third party tracking or Shopify like that it says like this customer came from this. Go and, and spot check a few of those and say like, hey, you know, do you remember what your journey was to find us and like when did you first find us? Uh, that question is important. When did you first find us? And comparing that to like when they actually bought. Um, because there's so many things where I've worked on where like we're we're focusing on that one day to seven day click conversion, and meanwhile it's like we're selling furniture and people are buying furniture on you know on like seven month twelve totally. month cycles. It's insanity. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we have. Um, there's two things we did that too with Instagram. We actually started DMing people who had just followed us and say, mm. "Hey, how did you find us?" Because mm-hmm. we were just super curious about it, and wow. the answers kind of blew us away. Some people were like, "Well, I googled Pinterest marketing and mm-hmm. found your website, and then right. came here to check you right. out." Other people are like, "You came up in my explore feed," or somebody said, "I found your podcast," and you just start to see like, "Oh, all these roads." lead to us, but they're all different roads. And you can't say this one road is a sure path to success because then you're completely pigeonholing yourself into this one thing and you're putting all the money, all the efforts. And that might not even be how everybody finds you. It's like, there's tons of levers. You can pull them all. Just don't stick with one, you know? Right. And don't assume it's just one that's doing it. Because that's the fatal flaw is like, Okay, what's what's the incremental lift of all these? Like, yeah, it would be great if we understood like which one drove more lift, right? Like Facebook or TikTok or Google. Like they're all valuable, but it's a question of like how much are they all valuable? And it's really hard to answer that. Um, but like recently I I like got a I had a new client and he, we were talking about the same topic uh with a few people, and I was like, Well, how did you you know, come to hire me. And he was like, well, I follow you on Twitter. And then we're in this community together. And then I saw your YouTube. And then I was like, <laughs> like, how am I supposed to attribute that? Totally. Like, I, I can't attribute that. But arguably, if anything, I'm like, shoot, like, 
I need to be doing more everywhere on more platforms oh, because yeah. if that, if that's true, right? Like maybe someone who finds me on LinkedIn will go listen to me on this podcast and then go find me and like like something else I say in in on Twitter and then find me on YouTube. Who knows? Um, and it's the same thing for our businesses. There that people are multifaceted. They're not just in. Again, they're humans, right? They're not just in one place at one time doing one thing, uh, and they're certainly not focused on your brand. That's, by the way, the thing I wish I had said earlier. Um, you know, I, I nobody cares about you or your brand. They only care about themselves. So you need to do everything that you can to. <laughs> you need to do everything that you can to focus on them. Yeah. Not. Yeah you or your brand make it about them and so many brands just miss that whole that whole point because they're so stuck up about their own brand the marketing team is like so pleased with themselves about the colors and logos and, yeah. and all that so yeah that's, it's that's it's that saying like high in your own supply right you're just like here's where we're at and we're awesome and we tell people that all the time with pinterest too like pinterest users don't care about you they're totally cold to you. Like we have this saying that like Pinterest is a library. Instagram is a bar. Pinterest people don't want you to talk to them. They don't want you to interrupt them. They want you to get them to the quickest path towards a solution, a product or delight them. That's it. Like they're, they're leaving the other Instagram, Facebook because they're tired of the conversation. They're exhausted by it. And so they're not interested. They're not even searching your name. They're searching what it is you do or what you provide. And we find that such a hurdle for people that, like you said, are like so delighted with themselves and their marketing efforts. And they think everybody's searching their brand. And, you know, we've had even some content creators who work with ad agencies who are like, they'll go to these ad agencies and say, hey, I'll do a campaign for you. Can we include Pinterest? Because I did this campaign a year ago and actually it's still bringing traffic and it's still bringing impressions a year later. And they're like, nope. And they're like, what? Like, you want this metric of impressions and this one's still doing it, but you don't want this. And they're like, no. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind I mean, of there's, yeah, there's so much that, that can be attributed to, <laughs> attributed, uh, attributed to the com compounding factor of like ads over time and ads be, you know, being there and persistent and doing more of it. Um, like the, it really, a lot of it does have a compounding factor, um, especially on something like Pinterest, where the technically more people can engage with it, more people can be sharing it, it can can be seen and, and found in more places. So there's there's value to that. The other the only problem I do have with like Pinterest in this way is like going back to what I said earlier about it being more like product visually unambiguous focused, right? Where I, I my slight concern with Pinterest is that it encourages people to be not to, to be less um, let me say that again it encourages people to be less brand um, loyal like if they're more product loyal and they're more loyal to themselves so that is the problem I think you're up against a little bit more on Pinterest than maybe some other places but also you know it's I'm okay with that because these are I look at a lot of these as gateway drugs entries to a brand, to a pro uh, other products of that brand. So, you know, if you're only selling one product, then yeah, it's maybe not the best. But if you sell one product under your brand, that's like a good gateway drug to your other uh, rest of your brand or your other products, then that's way more powerful.
Right. Well, let me ask you this. And this is what I feel like we could talk forever, but I'm sure, sure. <laughs> our podcasts never go this long. So it's actually kind of oh, cool. Wow. Oh, we'll sorry. People, yeah. No, it's good. We usually I go about like this a lot when I, I go on podcasts. No, hey, I love it. The more. OK, so here's a question that I have for you is Pinterest big tagline is 97 percent of brand or of searches are unbranded. So my thought with what you just said was that's exactly what a brand doesn't want to hear. Right. So is that kind of what you're talking about with the that's kind of not in their favor when it comes to big brands wanting to spend money over there? It, it you know, it all depends. Like, it's scary um, because, like, you have to be willing to, like, take a loss on some of this stuff early to for, for it to pay out later. So, again, the more things that you have that people can buy into your brand later, the better it's the more OK it is for your brand to not be as important now. Um, and the thing that like so many people like don't like me, like big brand people tend to not like me because I, I seem short sighted about brand and I'm too, too much of a performance marketer, but in reality, I'm deeply a brand guy. And my whole experience with a lot of this is that if you focus too much on the brand, then people won't even pay attention to you and they'll never, ever, ever try your brand. Like that's the problem I see so many startup brands focus on is this traditional funnel of like awareness. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if I'm, oh my God, I'm forgetting the traditional funnel. That's how little I care about it. Right. Um, but like, it just doesn't, you don't, if you can't start with awareness anymore, because it's so difficult to get people to pay attention, to be aware of your thing. So you actually kind of need to start from a more like, aggressive place where you want to really get people to try it, get people to experience it quicker rather than just like hear about the brand a bunch of times Um, because you can lose so much money by just focusing on that awareness part rather than focusing on getting people to take action towards trying the product or going to try the product or getting to try the product. Um, And this isn't universal for every brand, every product, but for a lot of them, like I, I can't think of a, I cannot think of a business or product that you can start now, unless you have an infinite war chest to spend, where going brand awareness first makes sense. Right. No, I would agree with that. I think it's, that would be so hard. Like, I don't know, man. This has been so great. I'm really glad. Um, you know, we bumped into each other randomly or actually yeah. I stalked you on that thread because it, I'm glad it, it happened when someone I tagged know. me into that, someone tagged me into that from my perspective. So like, exactly. Uh, and so I was thrilled to, I got to add something there. So shout out to, oh shoot, I forget who that was. Shout out to whoever that was who tagged me in. That's yeah. Funny. And it was on that. Um, I think it's Tamara who is that product. Uh, she's had a product at Pinterest for the ads and you know, she was asking a bunch of questions. So no, it's she great. hasn't reached out yet. She's got to reach out to me. Oh, man. We just met with her last week, which, you know, we we unloaded and just said, here, here you here you go. Here's all the things we think are wrong with ads. So, I mean, that's hopeful, right? That they're reaching out and trying to get better. And that's like that first step when you get that good consumer feedback. So um, I know where to connect with you, but my people don't know where to connect with you. So where can they go? Just follow along with what you're doing. Sure. Uh Barryhot.com, B-A-R-R-Y-H-O-T-T.com. Uh, and there's 
or hotgrowth.com, H-O-T-T growth.com. That's a great play. I love that. Or find me on Twitter at Bing, Bing Hot, B-I-N-G-H-O-T-T. I'm a lot of fun on Twitter. You can okay. find me on LinkedIn. Hey, YouTube, you know, Twitter needs some fun. So kudos to you for yeah. bringing the fun over there. I, 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 I'm I spicy there. on there. Oh, well, good. I only go there with something like when Comcast is down. I'm like, oh, is Comcast yeah. down? <laughs> I mean, really that or I'm That's looking funny. for an airline and their text code because I don't want to get on the phone. Uh-huh. So Twitter serves me in those two purposes. And it's very, very valuable in those. Well, two you places. might want to come spend some more time over there. There's a lot of us having these conversations about, you know, brands okay. and D2C and e-commerce. There's a lot of conversations you might want to jump in. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll try it. You know, I just yeah. made a commitment to LinkedIn because I uh, have like... Similar. Oh, uh, it has felt like nails on a chalkboard to me the last mm-hmm. like three years. And people are like, mm-hmm. you got to get on LinkedIn. You're like an agency mm-hmm. owner. You're a B2B. And I'm like, I can't handle the DMs because, you know, actually yeah. all I want to do with the DMs is I just want to mess with them. Like, <laughs> I just want to make some witty response back uh-huh. or like, it's just such a waste of my time. I mean, but just do so it. Just, just just be annoying. It doesn't matter. You be you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty snarky in my DMs sometimes. Like. <laughs> Oh man, like people like DM me like really nice people. Like some guy just DM me and he like seems like he knows what he's talking about, maybe. And he's like, Hey, I just want to chat with you. It seems like you're like, and I'm like, dude, like cool, but I have no time for you. You've offered yes. me nothing. Yes. Like make it worth somehow. Like, yeah, I can't, I don't want to also like you, this is on record. Maybe don't air this, but you can. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I like I don't. I have a big following and yeah. you don't like yeah. a lot yeah. of people want to hang out with me yes. and that's great. And I, that's, in, you know, now ego, but like also like, I just, it's just not scalable. So like, I don't know what to, how to respond to this. So I respond in a part in a, in a kind of quirky way. I'm like, Hey man, like, cool. Like what, why, <laughs> like, why yes. should I talk to you? Like, yes. tell me, oh my gosh. Um, but I try yeah. to have fun with it. And if they, if they're not cool with it, then they mm-hmm. probably think I'm an asshole. Yeah. Um, but if they do have fun with it, then they see like, oh yeah, he's, he's at least he's responding in it. We're having some fun with this. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, and really, let's be honest, they're sending a hundred of these a day. They've got to have some fun too. Right. With yeah. these people responding. Oh, those, and- those people sending a, a hundred oh. a day. I definitely don't respond to. No, I don't um, respond. Mine are all, mine are all like, Hey, do you want more leads? Hey, do you want more meetings? Yeah, hey, right, do you, right, do you right. want to meet no. with me? And I'm like, no, I, no, I actually, I don't. <laughs> yes. Please help me give. I would like less people bothering oh me. Gosh, totally. Yeah. 100%. Well, Barry, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, I really pleasure. appreciate your time. And um, hopefully we can just continue to connect in the future. So thanks so much. My pleasure.